Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. All right, so if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. I read the same verses last week. I'm going to read them again this week, but we're going to talk about a different section of the passage, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 10. Read something like this. I love this. It says, Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Your soul must be anchored in something. Your body is what your soul is anchored to on earth. But one day this body will pass away and there will be a new heavenly body that your soul will be anchored to in heaven. I tell y'all, some of y'all ain't going to even recognize me in heaven because my body will be perfect in heaven. I will have hair that is long and flowing. So if you walk up to me from behind, you won't even know it's me. And I'm going to turn around and say, what's up? It's going to be me and my heavenly body in the name of Jesus. Okay, I love this verse four. While we are in this tent, we groan in our burden because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. But now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That word guaranteeing man as it is found in the greek it actually means the word engagement ring man god put he literally put his spirit inside of you to give you a promise of heaven there's a little bit of heaven living inside of all of us that wants to get back there and the church said amen verse six this is what we're gonna lean into today therefore i love that therefore or because of that we are always confident and know that as long As we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. Underline that right there. Oh my, ooh, we gonna get it. I'm I'm gonna show you that verse in a way you never saw it before. The King James Version says, we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal, I love that, underline goal, to please him underline please him i love that we make it our goal to please him whether we are at home in the body or away from it for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body whether good or bad and the church said amen if you are taking notes on this second part of this ghost series i've entitled it this The spirit of confidence. The spirit of confidence. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that will be watching or listening to this message today. And God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, may the spirit speak through me and may hearts, minds, and ears be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, Not only do we need salvation, but God, we need your spirit so that we can live the life of abundance 
that Jesus talked about. God, I pray that your spirit will reveal itself in a fresh new way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I know we just cheered and clapped, but come on, give me another five seconds. If you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I want you right now to give him a shout of praise. Come on, let's go. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My goodness gracious. So last week, we talked about the deposit, all right? The fact that the human being is body, soul, and spirit. And we used an egg. We separated an egg and said that the shell is like the body because the apostle calls the body a tent. It's a temporary dwelling place. It's fragile. But then we said the soul, that's like the egg white because if the, if the shell is the outer you, then the soul is the inner you. It's your emotions. It's your free will. It's where your personality is seen. But then we said that, that yellow part, the yolk, that is the spirit. Spirit, man, that is the most. There is life in the yolk when a chicken embryo is being created in that egg. It does not feed on the shell, it does not feed on the egg whites, but the embryo attaches itself to the yolk and it is used literally, it's the equivalent to a human's umbilical cord for a baby. So the, 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 the embryo of the chicken feeds on the life of the yoke in order for it to have life. It is at the center and there is the spirit. God says, I have deposited the spirit inside of you guaranteeing what is to come. Man, our soul wants what it wants because it wants to comfort our flesh. So literally your soul, it represents your flesh in biblical terms. But man, there's also the spirit inside of you. And the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are at odds with one another. They are always fighting. Your, your, your soul only wants comfort, but your spirit wants God's will for your life. It is the part of us that is the most like God because it comes directly from him. So after Paul tells us that God gives us a deposit of his spirit guaranteeing what is to come, immediately right after that in verse six, which is where we're going to lean in today, he says, therefore, I am confident says God will give us a deposit of his spirit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, I am confident. The very word confidence means the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. The, the belief that one can rely on someone or something. In other words, it's a firm trust. I love the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit is living in you, it should give you confidence. It should give you a firm trust in God. I want to preach to you a short message, but I want to preach to you a practical message because one of the things that the Holy Ghost should do for you is not just give you a guarantee of what is to come, but it should allow you to live this life confidently. I get so frustrated when I see believers without confidence, man. Like what, what kind of faith do you have as a believer, if you are not confident in the Holy Spirit that is living in you, the Holy Spirit is the person of the Godhead because God is triune in nature. Father God, the creator God, God, the son, Jesus, who is redemption before creation. But then God, the Holy Spirit, man, he is our comforter. He is our sustainer. He is he gives us power, but he also gives us confidence. Third part of the Holy Triune that gives us 
confidence. I'm tired of people not respecting the faith of believers because when they walk around, they see believers that are not confident. How are you going to be a believer in Jesus and you always walking around with a screw face? Or you walking around with your head down? Or you walking around with your shoulders down? There's something I tell my child each and every day before she get out the car to go to school, man. I say, hey, you got to be confident. I said, Baba, what's confidence? She said, I got to speak loud and don't be scared. But like I, I, when, when she says it, I make her act it out. So sometimes she's like, speak loud and don't be scared. I said, that's not confident. How you going to tell me what confidence is, but you're not acting confidently? You got to speak loud and don't be scared. I said, Baba, that's not confidence. She said, speak loud and don't be scared. You, I want you to understand this. That's what a lot of Christians look like. I love Jesus. Jesus helped me. Jesus saved me. Je How somebody going to know what Jesus done for you? You can't even look him in the eye and talk about who Jesus is. You need confidence. How will people ever believe or know what God has done in you if what you say does not look like what you are trying to say? Confidence does not just tell you. Confidence shows you who you are in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. I don't ever have to be confident in me because I know me. I can be confident in the spirit that is in me. So I can take, let me tell you something. Hey, let me help someone. Take the pressure off of self-confidence. Self-confidence won't help you. I know there's a lot of self-help books. And I know there's a lot of books about self-confidence. Self-confidence won't help you because when you are looking for an answer that you don't have an answer to, you're not going to find the answer in yourself. You got to look for something outside yourself. So you don't need self-confidence. You need God confidence, which is Godfidence. Because I know when I have run out of answers, when I have nothing left, when I am literally at the lowest of my low, I love being low because there's only one direction to look and that is up. I can look towards the heaven and know where my help comes from. Some of us are always looking down, but when you are low, it is time for you to look up because you can have confidence in something that is greater than you. You can have confidence in something that's not just the beginning, it's already the end. You can have confidence in the one that is the author and the perfecter of your faith. You can have confidence in the one that knows all things. You can have confidence in the one that is everywhere at all times. You can have confidence in the one that owns all power and his name is Jesus. I don't have self-confidence. I have Godfidence knowing that when I don't have any answers, he is the only answer I'll ever need. You see, too many people I found are lacking confidence in the Holy Spirit because they've put their confidence in the spirit in someone they thought had the spirit instead of confidence in the spirit that has already been deposited in themselves. Listen to me. I see it. I see it all the time. For example, you ask the pastor to pray for you and it didn't work. So you think that because you held the pastor in a higher regard than yourself and because God didn't answer him, he won't answer you. 
You're looking at the spirit in the pastor, but you haven't looked at the deposit that's on the inside of you. Don't ask me to pray for you all the time. I'm already praying for you. But if you think my prayers don't work, don't rely on my prayers. Don't rely on my spirit. Rely on the deposit that God has placed in you. A pastor don't need to pray for you all the time if you got the spirit within you praying for yourself. That's what the spirit of confidence gives you. But you thought that that family member that loved God more than anybody you knew and had the craziest faith, you thought that God took them from this earth too soon. So you think that if God didn't save them, why will he ever save you? Or maybe you've allowed someone's faith to take precedence over yours. And because they don't seem to have the answers in the moment, you think that God doesn't care about any of us, or even worse, you think he's not real. You think he's not real because you're looking at the spirit in a person instead of the spirit that God has placed inside of each and every one of us individually. If you want to find God, look no further than yourself because he has placed a deposit of his spirit inside of you. Do not look at man. I promise you, man will fail you each and every time. Yes, we should know better. Yes, people should do better. But if people ain't doing better, you need to look no further than the spirit that God has placed in you and you be the example that you have not seen in the earth by allowing God to use you to be the example that people need to see stop holding so tight onto what somebody else is doing when you got the spirit on the inside of you stop looking for the spirit in others when you need to see it in yourself see it in yourself because the truth of the matter is you're not called to have confidence in a person's portion of the spirit as a believer you're called to have confidence in the deposit of the spirit that God has placed inside of you. You see, if you want to see miracles and you want to see this world change, we better stop walking around like the Holy Ghost has not empowered each and every one of us individually. Too many of us don't want to operate in our power because we're waiting to see what somebody else is going to do. What are you going to do? If you see a problem in a situation, God put you in that problem to be a problem solver. Stop waiting for somebody else to be the solution when you have the solution on the inside of you. And you say, how do I know that I'm supposed to be the solution? Are you frustrated? Things don't frustrate you that you're not supposed to be a solution to. My mom used to always tell me, son, if you're there and the situation's bad, then God puts you there to be an answer, to be a problem solver. There's too many Christians waiting around on somebody else to solve the problem when the spirit of the most high God lives in them. See, our bodies, you have to understand, and our, our bodies are anchored. I said this last week. Our bodies, they are the anchor for our souls here on the earth, which means that your soul will operate in the earth for a season. But while your soul operates in the earth for the season, the Holy Spirit is meant to give your soul confidence to do what God has called you to do in the season. 
You need the spirit of the most high God operating in you. So while your soul is tethered to this tent that the apostle calls it, that you will have the confidence to do what God has called you to do. You, you say, well, how do you know that? What well, 2 Corinthians 5, 6 says, it says, therefore, we are always confident to know that as long as we are home in the body, we are away from the Lord. The spirit of the Lord wants to get back to where the spirit comes from. The spirit here is on loan to us to fulfill the purpose and the mission that God has called us to. And the Holy Spirit, what it should allow you to do in your life is to move confidently down here because your spirit knows where it comes from. Your soul may want to comfort your body, but your spirit says, no, man, there's, be there's more than this. This earthly body, it's okay. It's here for a season, but God has a heavenly body awaiting from you. As a matter of fact, listen, my, I'm your spirit. I can't stay here. One day, I'm going to go because I'm trying to go back to where I belong. I'm only down here to give you confidence to fulfill what God has called you to fulfill in a season. So here's what you need to know about the confidence that the Holy Ghost gives you. And the first thing is this, confidence in the spirit doesn't require sight. Confidence in the spirit doesn't require sight. Man, I want y'all to grasp this. I'm gonna spend a little second on this first point because it's, it's, it's something I never caught before. Second Corinthians 5, 6, and 7 says, therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Verse 7. We've heard this a million times. If you've been in church as long as I have, you've heard this verse a thousand times. For we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. Confidence, real confidence in a believer is contingent on the spirit, not my vision. Listen. It's contingent on the Holy Spirit, not my vision. I'm going to tell you why. Because believing in what we see has crippled too many people. L listen, the, believing in what is seen, like think about the things you've seen. The things that we've seen have crippled people with hopelessness. They have crippled people with fear. They've crippled people with doubt. The things that we've seen, they've crippled people with depression. What is seen can only tell you where you have been and where you are, but it cannot tell you where you're going. Listen, I want you to understand, like, honestly, if I, if I could be really, really honest with you, if I could be, if you'd allow your pastor to be human for about two minutes, I'm exhausted by humans. <laughs> like, I love humans, but humans are like, it's just it's just tiring, man. Like 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 I love people. People stress me out. Like like I I, I watch <laughs> you're like oh you supposed to be saved. You supposed to be here. listen, man. I got confidence, but people will stress you out. Okay, um, I'm, that's why I have no hair now. I, I get stressed out by humans. Okay, humans are very exhausting. This past week alone should show you how exhausting humans are. I mean. We see on April 20th, Tuesday, Derek Chauvin is convicted on all three counts, gets a guilty charge, and for the first time, I feel like in my lifetime, we finally get to hear the American justice system say that black lives matter through a verdict. 
But a half an hour before the verdict, this is where humans become very exhausting. 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant is shot 17 seconds after an officer shows up on the scene to settle a domestic dispute that was called in by the person that was shot. That's exhausting, man. But then the following day on April 21st, we see Andrew Brown shot in his car as police are serving a warrant. And the same day, the exact same day, Isaiah Brown, a 32-year-old man, is shot 10 times because a police officer believes that he has a gun to his head when in actuality he is holding a phone and talking to 911 dispatch the moment he is shot. That's exhausting. After we waited almost a year to get a verdict to find some kind of accountability and justice in the United States of America, not even 24 hours passes before more souls are taken from this life. That's it. Man, that is beyond exhausting. I, I'm sorry. It is very hard. I'm just being a little human right now. That is very, very hard for me to process. We take one step forward and 50 steps backwards in the matter of hours. One step forward, 100 steps back. Humans are exhausting. And as I was trying to prepare this message this week, I was like, as exhausted as you feel, what hope can you offer the person that feels just as exhausted as you? What hope can you offer the person that is actually experiencing loss? One of those people you just mentioned was one of their family members. What could you offer that person? Because you yourself feel frustrated. After what I've seen, how can I be confident as a believer? Because what I've seen is depressing. What I've seen gives me no hope. What I've seen gives me confidence. So I remember 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's an easy sermon to preach. Not an easy one to live because what we have seen is morally defeating. What we have seen makes us feel like though we have the spirit on the inside of us that's supposed to be the answer, we feel like every time we try to step up and give an answer, the enemy just keeps pushing us back. What we have seen does not give me any hope, but I got to continue to walk by faith, not by sight. Why? Because there is a momentum that we get from faith that comes from knowing, not seeing. Forward momentum based on faith does not happen through sight. It happens through what you know. I want to break that down a little bit more. You see, here's what you have to understand about faith. And when you, when you get this principle, no matter what you hear on the news next, if you understand this one principle about faith, it will change the way that you see this verse forever. Faith is not contingent upon sight. Faith is contingent upon time. Hear me. 
I want you to, I want, oh man, if you catch nothing else that I'm trying to tell you all day, your faith is not contingent upon what you have seen. Your faith is not contingent upon your vision. Your faith is not contingent upon your sight. Faith is contingent upon time. So you can walk by faith, not by sight, because sight is bound by the past and sight is bound by the present, but faith lives in the future. Oh man, if somebody could just grab, listen, I'm trying not to preach it because I want you to actually hear what I'm saying because I could just yell and shout and jump a lot right now, but I'm going to repeat it for you because I want you to really allow this to resonate in your spirit. We walk by faith, not by sight, because sight is contingent upon the past, what you've seen, and it is contingent upon the present, what you are seeing, but faith. Faith lives in the future. What you have not seen. You see, faith is not bound by past or present time, so it does not submit to the will of the moment you've been through, and it does not submit to the moment that you are currently facing. Faith does not submit to your previous bad relationship because the eyes of faith have seen better relationships in the future. Faith does not submit to your current financial issues because the eyes of faith have seen prosperity in the future. Faith does not submit to the generational curses of your family because the eyes of faith have seen you become the generational curse breaker for your family in the future by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Faith does not submit to the last church that you got hurt at because the eyes of faith have seen you as a part of a healthy house in the future. Faith does not submit, and I want you all to hear this, but faith will never submit to us giving up the fight for equality because we got a verdict one day and we saw more killings the next because the eyes of faith have seen the future where all God's children will be respected and treated fairly, not because of what they look like, but because it is sure that love will most certainly triumph over evil in the future. Faith has seen it. I'm not going to stop fighting because of what I've seen because faith doesn't look in the past. Faith doesn't look in the present. Faith has already seen the future. So I walk by faith, not by sight. This is why Jesus in John 16, 33, and say, I have told you these things as he was talking to his disciples so that in me, you may have what? Peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You say, hey, it's not going to be easy, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Jesus was talking about the future victory of the disciples in the past tense victory that he had already created on the cross. Listen, so what do you mean? Listen, what happened with Jesus in context to us was history. But he says, Take heart, take courage. I have, I've already overcome the world. That promise was not given to the disciples so that they could win and we could not. Jesus says, I've already won. Therefore, you go on and keep on winning. You keep winning because 
I have already won. What Jesus says, hey, don't, hey, I love this because he told him this before the cross. Listen, he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. He told them that because he knew what they would see on the cross. And the moment that they saw it, they would think we're not winning because of what we have seen. But Jesus says, take heart. I've already won. Before the battle was won, he says, I've already won. What was Jesus doing? He was speaking out in faith because what he was trying to get them to do was not live in the past what had happened now he wasn't trying to get them to live in the present what they saw happening right before their eyes he was trying to get them to live with a faith so that they could live in the future if you want to live ahead of everybody else if you want to be in the future if you want to live in tomorrow you got to live with faith because sight will allow you to live in the past and make you think that the abuse that you've always gone through will be what you always go through you're sight will allow you to live in the present and make you think just because you're poor right now you're always going to be that way but your faith says man if you live in the future you're going to live with the abundant life and the best is still yet to come I'm not worried about what happened yesterday I'm not worried about what's happening right now because I know my God has more for me in Jesus name he says take heart I have I've already overcome the world so we can believe that in faith and know that there's nothing that will ever come before us that will not be defeated by the cause of Christ. Man, I want you to hear me. God, God, oh man, oh Oh my goodness. I want to say this about faith and I want to say this about sight. Sight will see things for what it is right now and sight has seen things for what it was in the past but there's another purpose to sight sight is meant not to see the future right now sight is meant to see the future in the future say what sight is meant to see the future in the future we walk by faith. Why? Because we need faith to walk down here. But the reason that you have eyes and the reason your heavenly body will have eyes, because one day God wants you to see it with your own eyes to prove everything that you believe down here was true. When you finally see it with your own eyes in heaven, one day you will see streets of gold. One day you will see gates that are pearly. That is the function of your eyes because your eyes are supposed to prove what you believed in faith all along. So I want you to understand your sight is meant to see the future in the future, but faith allows you to see the future in the present I wish somebody was listening to what I was trying to say right now I don't have to wait to see with my eyes though I will see one day and all of this word will be proven true with my eyes but right now I don't have to wait for that because if I have faith I can know that the streets of gold exist right now without ever seeing them in Jesus name sight has a purpose But the purpose of sight is in the future, while the purpose of faith shows you the future in your present. Man, confidence in the spirit does not require sight. But lastly, confidence in the spirit doesn't care where you are. 
2 Corinthians 5, 8, and 9. We are confident, I say, I love this. And I would, I would prefer, this is Paul, man, I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. This is the same person that said to live is Christ, to die is gain. It says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are home in the body or away from it. I love that. Oh, listen to verse 9. So we make it our goal to please him, him is God, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Confidence promotes pleasure over preference. So what does that mean? When you are confident, your desire is to give God pleasure to please him over preference, no matter where you are. Wherever you are on the journey, you have one goal. I'm going to please God. So your confidence promotes pleasure over preference. Confident people thrive no matter what. They're good in any situation. I, I, I love this. Like, you, you ever met somebody with no shame? I live with a person like that. She has no shame. And not in a bad way. She's just really confident. Like, jo, like let me tell you something. Your pastor, Joanne, let me tell you, she's something else. That, that woman is confident. It doesn't matter where we are, Joanne's always confident. I, oftentimes people would think that I was the confident one. No, I embarrassed very easily. But my, my wife, no shame. She'll talk to anybody at any time and say anything and does not care. She's the person that say, you need to put your big girl drawers on. Like, she don't care. I ain't saying that to nobody. My wife don't care. She just say that. Like, grow up. Get over it. Keep moving. God saved you, didn't he? Keep going. I'm like, whoa, like, you got to be nicer, babe. Like, she don't care. Stop crying. Keep moving. Like, that's, that's my wife. She doesn't care. And I, 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 love, I love that she cares about people, but, man, she cares enough about them to tell them the truth so that they can move forward. I love my wife because every opportunity that has been a huge blessing in our life, nine times out of ten, it's spearheaded by Joanne. Um, Joe, if you, if you don't know, she started a business almost a decade ago called Cool Creative. And the mantra of that business is we, we create out of love. The church is created out of love, but cool, it creates out of love. Um, and man, what I've seen happen since she walked out in faith and started this business, the things that we make and the clothes that we make and all the different things like that, man, they've gone to places and been on people that I just never, ever could see happening. For myself. Why? Because I'm I'm too shy to have conversations with those folks. Like I'm like, oh yeah, if God wants them to have it, they'll have it. She's like, no, if God wants them to have it, we need to go talk to them so that they can get it. Joanne always pushes forward because she has no shame. There's a there's a confidence on her. And, and you know, I, I used to always say this thing about her that I stopped saying. I used to be like, baby girl, you just always in the right place at the right time. And you know what I realized? That's not true. She's never in the right place at the right time. She just knows that the right place in the right time is right now. That's confidence. Confidence says the right place and the right time for me to be in the right will of God is right now. Oftentimes, because we lack confidence, we miss opportunities 
and we feel like we're never in the right place at the right time because we don't believe that the right time is right now. You, you, you think God wants you to, to wait to walk in his will? God wants you to walk in his will right now. He wants you to walk in his favor right now. He wants you to walk in his abundance right now. The right place and the right time is right now. And you got to ask yourself, how many opportunities have you missed because you were waiting on the right time? Listen, I love my wife. And honestly, for me, I ain't trying to sound corny. It was love at first sight. I'd have married that girl as soon as I saw her. I was like, man, she fine. I ain't letting her go. If she leave me, I'm going with her. I knew. As a young man, I knew. But I waited. I waited eight years. And some of you say, that's, 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 cr that's crazy. Well, I had to get school and stuff done first. But here's the truth, man. I'm glad I married her when I did. But you know, it took, it took a very smart person coming into my life at about seven years in. It was like, uh... You getting married yet? I was like, man, I really want to. I just want to make sure everything's right. I want to make it perfect. I want to have the right house. I want to have the right job. I want to have the right car. I want to have the right this. I want to have the right that. It was like, you sound stupid. I said, what? I said, if you don't marry that girl right now, you're going to wait to live in the abundance that you could be living in right now. And I said, that makes sense. And 14 years later, the best decision I ever made in my life, other than accepting Jesus. I was waiting to align things, and I was waiting to have certain things. When God says, if you do what you're supposed to do, all those things will happen. The house that I wanted, the car that I wanted, the bank account that I wanted, all of it came as a result of making the right place and the right time right now. Amen. See, confidence doesn't need the perfect prerequisite to perform properly. Confidence says right now. See, the Holy Spirit, I love this. It makes you feel at home wherever you are because it does not allow the place to determine your performance it performs in order to please God in spite of the place. You see, the spirit in you makes you ready to please God at all times. This is why 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Whether we are at home, that means there's, there's options. I could be at home in this body or I could be in another place. I could be here, I could be at somewhere else. What, what the apostle saying is, I don't care where I'm at. The goal is to please who? Him. Who is him? God. So what the spirit of confidence does for you, it says, I don't care where I am. I don't care what I'm doing. I got one goal to please God. And because of the spirit living in me, I make it my goal to please him at all times. The spirit in me gives me the confidence to be a good husband, not to please my wife, to please God. The spirit in me gives me confidence to be a great dad, not to please my child, but to please God. The spirit in me gives me confidence to be a better pastor, 
not to please the congregation, but to please God. The spirit in me gives me confidence to be a better communicator, not to please the audience, but to please God. The spirit in me gives me the confidence to be a savvy businessman, not to please my pockets, but to please God. And the spirit in me gives me the confidence to be a creative problem solver because when I come up with new ways to solve age old problems, it pleases God. I want you to understand that the spirit of confidence does not care where you are because it doesn't matter where you are when the goal is to please God, whether at home in the body or away from it, you will do whatever you got to do to make sure you put a smile on God's face. The spirit in me gives me the confidence to be who God has called me to be. This is why we carry a spirit of excellence at Cool Church. Because whatever we have, whatever we do, wherever we are, we're going to do it to the best of our ability. I don't care if we don't own a building right now. If God chooses to delay that process for another 10 years, we still going to go as hard as we've ever gone because the church has never been about bricks. It's been about the blood of Jesus that flows in each and every one of us. And we will continue to do what God has called us to do because it is our desire to please him, whether in the body or away from it. I want you to hear me, man. When you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you have a confidence that can help you do whatever you got to do and know that the right place and the right time is right now to do what God has called you to do. And I'll take it a step further. For the word that I just read to you, you cannot please God. You can't even please God without the confidence of the Holy Spirit flowing in you. It's time for believers to put their heads up, their shoulders back. It's time for us to be bold about what we believe. It's time for us to walk in confidence, but not self-confidence, confidence knowing that the spirit of the most high God lives on the inside of you. And because Jesus died on the cross and rose again, you can live with confidence, believing in the finished work of the cross. Because when Jesus said it is finished, he wasn't speaking to our past. He wasn't speaking to our present. He was speaking to our future because the eyes of faith have already seen what is to come. But I pray right now, that somebody accepts Jesus in their soul so that one day you can open your eyes and see for yourself that everything that you had faith for was true. Today, my call is simple. My call is clear. You can't have the confidence of the Holy Spirit if you do not first believe and are confident in the cross of Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose again so that believers would never have to walk around with their heads down again. When you have no hope, when you feel like you took a step forward and life kicks you 50 steps back, I find my hope and I find my confidence in Jesus because I walk by faith, not by sight. Today, I'm asking you to take a faith step. I'm asking you to take a step towards your future. And the only way to do that is to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're out there today 
and you say, man, I want to see into the future, you need faith. Faith that says that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. For Romans 10, 9 says that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you're saved. That's it. Everybody on the count of three, whether you're on Zoom, whether you're on IG, whether you're on, on YouTube or Facebook, whatever platform you find yourself on, on the count of three, if you want to accept Jesus, if you want to live with a confidence of the Holy Spirit on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. More than likely, I can't see you because you're on the other side of a camera, and that's okay. But hold it up. You say, why am I holding up my hand, man? Nobody can see me. This is dumb. I can't see you, but God can. And more than your hand, he sees your heart. More than your hand, he sees your heart. A heart that says, I want the confidence that only the Holy Spirit can give me. Your hands up. I want you to repeat after me. Bible says, once again, you confess with your mouth. So when you say it, mean it. But believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You say, everybody, repeat after me, whether you raise your hand or not. Man, we're going to let those prayers go from our lips up to heaven, and God will do the rest. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to meet you. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive me of my sins. God, I don't deserve it, but I'm thankful that you gave it all for me. I accept you as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of past, present, and future. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help me to walk by faith, not by sight. In Jesus' name, amen. You said that prayer? You're a brand new creation in Jesus. And you don't have to live by what you've seen and you don't have to live by what you see. For the eyes of faith have seen in the future. And I'm here to report to you, the best is yet to come. Amen. Man, we celebrate salvation at Cool Church. So if you made that decision today, I'm excited. I already see the prompts on the screen. Man, you can text the word, one word, cool fam, C-O-O-L-F-A-M to 1-833-675-9430. Or we got our online host. They can give you some info in the chat. But what I want to do, because we celebrate salvation on the count of three, I want to turn up. The Bible says that when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. I promise you, it's, it's angels breakdancing on streets of gold right now. I promise you, the choir is out. I promise you, the heavenly hosts are cheering because one, more than one, is coming back to the Father today. So here we go. On the count of three, start hitting those hearts. Start hitting those likes. Start writing in the comments. Start clapping. Here we go. One, two, three. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for you are great and worthy to be praised. Man, thank you for my brothers and sisters that are choosing to walk by faith, not by sight today. Family, I love you so much. So proud of you. I pray that as life continues to show us what it is, I pray that you will be encouraged because you walk by faith, not by sight. And you have a spirit, the Holy Spirit in you that is confident that no matter where you are, you're going to do what you do to please God and God alone. Amen. Man, I hope this series is blessing you. I got another message next week, and I'm really excited about it. I love talking about the Holy Spirit in these practical terms. I hope it's giving you a better understanding uh, in God's word of who the Holy Spirit is in all of us. 
I love y'all so much. I'm going to bless you uh, in a moment. I love y'all so much. Father God, thank you for the greatest family in the world, the family of Cool Church. Bless them as they rise up, as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in and they're laboring in their leisure. God, surround them in your presence. And God, I pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life. God, keep them safe. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.